there is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. Are we like doing the thing? <laughs> oh yeah, we should. We should. Is this Hello, it? Everybody. Is this the podcast? <laughs> this is now the podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to a theater near you. My name is Chris Randazzo and I'm joined this evening as always by impressive sideburns, Paul Giroux. That's me. And surprise skinny dipper, Sean Doyle. We're going to need a bigger boat. This month's letter was J, and it was decided that since I've never seen it before, we would watch Jaws. Did this classic live up to its reputation? Let's find out. Gentlemen, how we doing? Uh, am I classic sideburns because I'm Quint? You see the dude with the sideburns? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had sideburns. I just called him sideburns the whole time. I don't know anybody's names. I want see what I want to know is could I be Quint? Like, is it is it too late for me to have a <laughs> to have a career as a salty old fisherman? Like, is that something I could pull off at this stage in my life, or does that pass me by? No, I think you could do it. I mean, the, you're always I, reading I, no, about I, how how much do you like cigars? I, I mean, do I need to have a cigar to be a salty old fisherman? I guess I guess here's what I'm saying. Like, is being a salty old fisherman a thing that you uh that you can only sort of earn that title by having that your whole life or is it something that i could like get into in my 40s right like you're always hearing about how like oh like morgan freeman didn't start acting until he was 50 you know and this person you know like i think samuel L. jackson like didn't start acting until he was in his 40s or something all these people albert einstein was a patent clerk for years and didn't do anything of importance until blah 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 like could i now be a salty old fisherman or is that ship sailed so to speak (laughs) (laughs) no man i think you can do it i I think if you believe in yourself you could totally because first off you know nobody asked for that guy's credentials like he just had a bunch of stuff up in his little cabin there right so you just got to get a bunch of stuff that looks like You've been doing it for a long time, and if you're salty enough, nobody's going to question it. And then I gotta, I gotta talk like this and, really, and make weird, innocuous statements and strange, sexist remarks and sing little sea shanties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like you got it down. And really, five years in the sun—that'll put your brain right where it needs to be. I think you know. I mean, he's got forty years in the sun, but five years in the sun—just no sunblock. Really, just sit out there and cook for a while. You, you'll you'll have the the lingo and the the quips down. I guess the way I see it, um, like it feels like any kind of uh, activity with a boat feels like something you got to have like money for. Um, you know, which like I know if you're a salty old fisherman, that's not the case. Like that guy was just his life, you know. But like for me, I've never had anything to do with boats. But I think that if money wasn't an option. Like, I'd totally take that up as a hobby. Like, I don't know what I'd do, but I think if it was just, like, I had a whole bunch of money and I didn't have to pay bills and I didn't have to worry about working, like, 
I would I would get a boat and go do something on it, you know, like I don't know. Uh but ready, it's so, just it seems like such a big commitment, right? You like you got to have a place to put it and then uh you know, I guess that costs money and then you got to I don't know. You probably like fuel for it is money. It seems like seems like a big big money commitment. So, I've probably brought it up on this show before. I regret every decision in my life up to this point. Insofar as I am somehow not <laughs> studying fluid dynamics. That's all I want to do. And every day I pour the milk in my coffee and I watch the swirl and I think to myself, that's what I care about. Fluid dynamics. Why didn't I study fluid dynamics? And then I pour my Guinness at night and I watch the bubbles do the fun thing. I think to myself, fluid dynamics. So, Paul, if you're going to become Quint, I will happily become, uh, not Brody, the other guy. I just want to study the water. <laughs> that's all I want to do. How waves work. Do you know waves don't actually move left to right? They just move up and down, man. That's where the energy is. There's very little movement, or the energy moves side to side. The wave particles, the water, just goes up and down, really. What do you do with fluid dynamics? You study stuff, things. <laughs> if hydroelectric, uh, you know, if they really start producing a lot of hydroelectric plants, it'll, it'll be huge. It'll be huge. But I think it's pretty Yeah, minimal. you're going to be a... You'll be a sought-after individual. Like, I mean, you already are a sought-after individual. You'll be even more sought-after. See that? So what's stopping you? I mean, I feel like I know what's stopping Paul. is just the lack of a boat. Um, but what's stopping you from studying fluid dynamics? Uh, taking on more college debt before I have the, the law school debt paid off seems, seems insane, especially when there's probably not a job there at the end of that college experience. Uh, yeah, but you already have the lawyer job. Yeah, yeah. Is is yeah. part of fluid dynamics all the like particles were constantly vomiting at each other that I had no idea until this pandemic happened? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, they probably there's probably a, a fluid dynamic guy working over at the CDC. He's he's in there. Uh, so yeah. what you got to do is find him and take him out. <laughs> That's right. I just got to take that one guy out. It'll open up one job. I'll get it. But and Chris, if if I'm going to be the smart guy who studies sharks, only I'm only going to study the water, and Paul's going to be Quinn, that means you got to uh, you got to get a gun and uh, become a sheriff. <laughs> you got to race up and down the beach and tell everyone to get out of the water. Mm-hmm. I can do that. You know, I'm all about that life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess we know which of us is which now. That was easy. Mm-hmm. Got it all figured out. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Um, well, yeah. Good podcast. Uh, <laughs> See you guys next time. <laughs> this is, this one is just run away with itself. Yeah. Well, you didn't ask me which character I would be. You asked me how I've been. And uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I've been good. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a while since we watched this one. Um, uh, Cause we didn't get to record last week. Um, yeah. Sorry. My stomach really didn't want to be in my body anymore. <laughs> lame uh yeah i don't know i guess i've uh you know i've forgotten a lot of things i've learned other things i've watched a lot of other movies since since this i I feel like i've watched an inordinate amount of movies this um this month um so i don't know maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about some of these other weird things but uh Hmm. yeah things are things are pretty good with me how about you sean yeah you know same old same old uh i think i have anything wild or crazy to report my background TV show as of late has been Big Bang Theory. Uh, I say background TV show. I just let like Netflix play for like eight hours a day while I'm sitting in my living room working. So I'm kind of watching, but, you know, 
let's be honest, I'm not really watching, but I, but I'm kind of watching. Uh, and the I'd never seen Big Bang Theory before, and upon this brief perusal, I'm on like season twelve now, uh, and it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's a rousing I recommendation. I hate that show so freaking much. You see, and but, I thought I was going to have strong feelings because I, I think I knew you hated it, and I knew a couple people hated it, and then I knew some other people who really liked it. I was like, well, I'll fall into one of these camps. I'm like, nah, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's funny at times, but there's lots of... It's not It's not like, you know, Simpsons at their peak where, like, by the time I stop laughing, I'm laughing again. You know, and that's really what you mm-hmm. want out of a sitcom. It's not like that. It's got its moments, but I don't know. It's kind of generic-y. You know, I, you know, I don't want to talk crap on it. It's fine. It's, you know, it's a B sitcom, you know, all right. Plugs along. I've been doing a lot of background TV too. I've been doing a law and order. The new one of original recipe law and order. The, the, the new one that's supposed to be the old one. (laughs) I mean, there, I've been watching that too, but there's only been like three of those so far. I just, I just have, I have uh, all the old law and orders just rolling in the background while I'm working. Anytime I don't have to worry about writing something, I'm just, you know, playing old Law and Order episodes and, and background watching them, because I've seen them all before. Right. And, uh, you know, back when TNT used to marathon them all day, every day. So, you know, that was a good time. That, that's, that's been fun. I was, uh, goodness, what am I on? Season six now, I think. Yeah. Chris, gotcha. speaking of background TV, have you checked out the the new Mystery Science Theater streaming thing? Not yet. I I I I want to, but I just haven't had the time to. Kind of, it's been it's been a crazy couple of weeks, and Karen and I have had like other TV engagements to to catch up on. Like you know, last night we watched Moon Knight, which was freaking awesome. Um, Agreed. Yeah, it was uh, good. Oh God! Are yeah. we going to talk about that? Oh no! <laughs> no, we we can hold off on that for now. Okay. Um, no, Moon Knight was great. Uh, we did. Um, Karen's been really into this show, Killing Eve, which is on its last season. So I was, you know, watching that, and uh, we've been watching for our. Uh, actually, was it the main feature in uh, one of our previous TV show podcast? This week's episode. Um, that we were introduced to the Around the World in eighty days series okay it was like a it's like a limited series it was on bbc i think starring david tennant it's oh. really good i thought you were talking about the jackie chan arnold schwarzenegger uh owen wilson right no it's actually a whole series and it's really good i like anything with david tennant so i might have to check that out yeah totally check that out like star trek picard is on uh so we've been we've been watching that of course the new law and order episodes have been pretty good First one was really rocky. I'm a huge Law and Order, the original Law and Order. I don't really like the spinoffs because they're all like stories and stuff. Like, I'm supposed to care about people's lives, and the original Law and Order is just the the just whatever happens in that episode. There's no like, and here's the big long winded backstory of like why this detective's acting this way or whatever. It's like no, nah, it's none of that. It's just this is the case, solve the case, and then when that episode's over. It's, the next episode's got nothing to do with the previous one. It's just another case. It's, it's all just. Just the mystery solving. And it starts immediately. <laughs> and it starts immediately. And that's what I love about it. It's It doesn't mess around with any of that stuff, but all the other Law and Orders are like TV dramas, where it's like, oh, well, this is about the detectives' lives. And it's like, sure, whatever, have fun with that. But that's not what I'm here for. I want to solve mysteries. And that's <laughs> that's all Law and Order is. 
and it's great. That's also why you're going to become a beach sheriff, so you can solve exactly. mysteries. Exactly. I'm ready to be wow. a beach sheriff. Yeah. I'm totally ready. This really all ties together. This is working really good for us guys. <laughs> we got to get a boat and catch a shark. <laughs> um, or get on a boat and not catch a shark, but tell people we did. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess to conclude what I was saying about... I guess I'll... I'll, I'll I'll conclude what I was saying about Mystery Science Theater, but then also since you guys have been talking about TV, um, I have a thing to say. But yeah, the, the Mystery Science Theater thing is weird. They they posted the the first new one, um, but I think it's like a, a draft version of it. Like I think as as MST backers, like we get to watch like pre screenings of stuff. So I I started watching that and it, it's been pretty funny. Like I guess one thing that's weird about it is. Um, you know, since it's a new one and it's the the Netflix cast, the um, Jonah Jonah Heston guy, um, mm-hmm. who I like, um, but the the background stuff doesn't look like a set anymore. It looks like green green screen stuff. Um, so that was irking me a little bit. Uh, I don't know if uh, if I'll adjust to that. Like it seems minor, but um, yeah, it was funny. But the uh, all the 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 classic stuff all the old ones it's not like you you just get a subscription to everything and you get all the the old episodes it's like you get 6 a month like they pick 6 that are like from the vault that you get access to as a backer and then or i guess at least the level that i backed it at that's apparently what i get so i don't know i thought that was weird but then again i like have all the dvds so i don't know why i care <laughs> Well, it's a it's a lot easier to just hit a button and stream something than it is to bust out a DVD and figure out what you're gonna watch. I gotta open the case. <laughs> the level of lazy is. is... <laughs> I mean, I'm with it you. Happens but to me it's all upsetting. the time with games. Like I, I I struggle. Like, well, if I buy a physical thing, then I have the physical thing, and I like physical things. I'm a I'm a whore for physical things. I love hoarding, collecting video games, but. If the kids just ran upstairs to get ready for bed and I got like five minutes tops to play something and I got to get up, open up the case, take out the cart, put it in the thing, put the other case back, then get back to the couch as opposed to just push button start game. You know, it's time. That's like 30 or 40 seconds that I could have been spent doing something else. Time wasted. Yeah. And then I don't know. You guys have been talking about the shows you're watching. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we were. I don't know if when we were talking before that was part of the episode or not. But um, yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really, I'm really enjoying revisiting the adventures of Pete and Pete. Um, it, uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, it's interesting watching it as an adult. It, it definitely captured a feeling about childhood that I did not realize um, at the time. And it's it's really funny going back and watching it. I wonder what my kid will make out of a make out of that show. I should show it to him. I have those DVDs. Yeah, and all the third season is on YouTube. Yeah. Oh good times. Good but anyway, times. we're here to talk about Jaws. <laughs> so let's let's talk about Jaws. Well do you you ready to feel old? Always, I feel old when I wake up. Wait, wait, wait! This movie's older than us. We're not that old. It is older than us, but I feel like I realized how old it is, right? Because like the 
at some point, Chris is going to ask us how we watched it. Um, and I have it on DVD. So I popped in my DVD and I, I do have some like anecdotal stuff about my old DVD because it was one of the, you know, like I have, I have some in my collection that were super old DVDs. So, you know, it says things like, do you want to watch it in widescreen and things like that? You know? <laughs> um, but, uh, it's the one I have is the 25th anniversary. So I must have got that DVD in like 2000 because the movie was made in 75. So this is almost a 50 year old movie. Like that sort of blew my mind. Yeah, this is a this movie's old as dirt. <laughs> and it's a it uh it definitely looks it in a lot of ways like the 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 fashion was really a uh, really on point in this in this movie but we will get to that in a second uh let's go over the basics here so yes jaws is old jaws was released on june 20th 1975 uh which is right before my birthday except i was born in 81 and was distributed by universal pictures it was directed by senor spielbergo whose other credits include a ton of legendary movies like close encounters of the third kind jurassic park et and more uh don't forget interspace and interspace <laughs> The movie stars Roy Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Lorraine Gray, Murray Hamilton. It tells the st- oh and, and a shark. It tells the story of a small beach town that's terrorized by a giant shark in the waters and men who try to kill it. Men, manly men who try to kill it. Uh, I watched this via nefarious means with Karen. Uh, I had some ice cream and a couple of mozzarella sticks because owning an air fryer is amazing. When I say a couple of mozzarella sticks, I mean, like, I just went to the freezer, grabbed two mozzarella sticks, <laughs> stuck them in the air fryer, and ate them. And it was wonderful. So we are also enjoying our air fryer that we've recently acquired from a casino. And <laughs> it is it is wonderful. But that's not what I use when I watch Jaws. We did not watch it by nefarious means. We paid, like, I think it was like three bucks, uh, I'm going to say, on Amazon Prime. And I say paid, but really, Jacqueline just has, like, credits all the time from, like, she takes pictures of receipts and send them, sends them in. I don't know what's happening. She's always doing stuff on the internet. But uh, so we sort of paid for it. It wasn't nefarious. It was on the up and up, however it happened. And uh, we had nice big bowls of chili to go along with it. So Ooh, chili's good. Maybe I'm going to have chili for lunch next week. I'm not I'm not a big chili fan. It's, it's actually my least favorite food. Uh, I like all food. That's my least favorite. But it just seemed uh, fitting to go along with Jaws that we would have chili. You know, chum in the water. I thought you were going to say because sharks love chili. <laughs> I mean, they it's probably a well-known do. fact. Sharks love chili. Yeah, when when they were throwing that stuff overboard to chum the water and everything turned red, that wasn't blood. That was chili. It was chili. It was delicious chili. Award-winning chili. <laughs> you don't feed sharks, who's going to feed them? God, what? have you guys even seen seen the the, the YouTube only Cephalonelli episodes that happened? No, I don't think so. Oh, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. There was a whole ser- there was a whole like extra season worth of Siflinali that like rebooted in God, I don't remember when it was. It was a while ago. Must have been almost ten years ago now that they did it. Uh, started on Machinima and then moved over to Nerdist, and then like nobody watched it, but they're brilliant. And one of them, they they did uh, a series where Sif and Ali do fake video game reviews. And one of the games was uh, Feed the Shark. And <laughs> there's just a wonderful song. They just bust into a song, as Sif and Ali are wont to do, about uh, feeding sharks. You don't feed sharks, who's gonna feed them? You know that sharks. 
Is there really a video game called Feed the Shark, or they made this video game up? Yeah, no, they were all fake video games. So they they reviewed games that they made up. So yeah, there's no actual game called Feed the okay. Shark. Okay, because some of them weird little games you can play on your phone, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with those things. I I play this game on my phone where you have to like connect dots that are the same colors and then the dots disappear, and I'm a little bit addicted to it, and I've gotten very far in the game, and uh, it's... Um, it it's it's kind of an obsessive thing when I like don't have anything else going on. But then it's got ads for other games, and I'm like, who the fuck is playing these games? Like, the, one of the game, like every single game seems to have like a guy that like kicks a woman and some orphans out of a house, and then they gotta like go to some <laughs> other house, and there's like the chimney doesn't work, and there's snow everywhere, and it's like. Hit these blocks or these orphans will die. Like I I'm like, who's playing these games? They make me so mad. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've seen those ads and yep. uh they, they terrify me, but I don't really play too many mobile games, so I don't run them very often, but I do know what you're talking about. I also just want to let you guys know I threw a link into the uh the chat to my YouTube channel, which I believe is the only place where you can find those Syphilin Alley episodes. Oh, okay. Well, they yeah. were they were all taken off of YouTube, but I had uh, I dug them up through the uh, Internet Wayback Machine, and I uh, basically just took I ripped them from uh, the Wayback Machine, and then I re-uploaded them onto my channel in uh, sequential order. There's fourteen of them, and they're great. Yeah, when you said it was on YouTube, I just figured you could watch it anytime. I didn't know that. Nah, yeah, they've all been pulled down, uh, but they, uh, I got copyright claims on a handful of them, uh, because, like, the, the pay, the channel that they were on, Machinima, I don't think really exists anymore, or they went through a big management change, and Nerdist removed all of theirs, too, and I think the Nerdist ones, uh, are the ones that all got copyright claimed, so I didn't upload them for money or anything, I was just like, these need to be out there in the world, so, uh, Let's see. So you, yeah, it was the mach- some of the machinima ones. Yeah, got a uh, got copyright claims, and then a bunch of the other ones didn't. So you uh, will you get in trouble for that now that you've said it on this podcast? Like, will the Syphil and Ollie police come after you? No, basically the copyright claim just means that uh, if they get enough views that YouTube runs ads on them, then the person who claimed the copyright gets the ad revenue, not me. Oh, okay. that's all that means. All right. Well, and. The most popular one by far is Calls from the Gamers, which has 4,500 views. The best one, though, Feed the Shark. Where's that one? I don't even see it on here. There's Feed the Shark, 1,817 views. It deserves more. Go watch Syphil and Ollie Feed the Shark. It's genius. I'll watch it a bunch of times. So you make some money (laughs) off of it. Yeah, that one doesn't have a copyright claim, so yeah, hook me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I 
Don't remember what I ate when I watched Jaws because it was so long ago. Um, but do uh, you own an air fryer? I don't own an air fryer. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what I ate. It was. I think what I ate was these like uh, cold cookies. They were cold because we got them from Trader Joe's, and I thought they were something else, and I put them in the freezer. And then Sherry was like, "Where's those cookies?" And I was like, "Oh, those were cookies." Um, so they they weren't really better cold, uh, but I think they were just cold because I was confused. Um, and then, yeah, we, we watched it on my 25th anniversary DVD, um, which, uh, is also almost 25 years old. So you know, <laughs> good times. We're old. Hooray <laughs> <laughs> for being old. Well, All right. what did you think, Chris, since it was your first time seeing Jaws? I loved it. I thought it was great. I was really not sure what to expect out of this because, I mean, it's... It's one of those really old movies that sometimes those uh, don't match up with modern sensibilities of movie watching. Uh, I've also seen a lot of people who absolutely hate this movie of just like, this movie is just so stupid. I can't believe this is as popular as it is. And so I was kind of afraid I was going to watch this and just be really let down by it. It's real stupid. Um, and, and But in a, in, in a fun a fun movie kind of way like it's it's such a steven spielberg blockbuster movie and it was uh it was fun watching it and kind of noticing the parallels to jurassic park of just like the way that just kind of the way the movie kind of flows with a couple of the um action sequences um as a uh right the uh it's i wrote down crazy how similar the shark cage scene is to the t-rex eating the van Mm -hmm. like it was shot so similar to like that, you know, when the T-Rex is trying to eat the kids in the van and like, it was really strikingly similar. I thought that was super cool. Even now that you pointed that out, even the pacing, I mean, it starts off with a, an early kill. It gives you that little scene. That's a kill. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to quiet for a while. And when I say quiet, like, you know, then you get uh, exposition or whatever, then it starts building everything. So they both did that exact same, you know, get their hooks in you and then move forward. Yeah, it definitely followed a a similar formula, which I mean, you know, it's not like Spielberg can rip himself off. <laughs> I just it, it's a it's a formula that works. It it worked real well. Um, yeah. I have some questions, but uh, we'll get to those. I mean, but the thing that I think is so interesting about this movie is that I, I think in a lot of ways this movie created that formula for many many other movies. Um, I think you're absolutely right. And I I don't necessarily think that was intentional. Like I think that um I think that I mean, you know, I think a lot of it is is Steven Spielberg's talent, you know, like I think he um I think he managed to uh steer this thing well and pull out a great movie, but it also sounded like he was trying to do things that people couldn't really do effectively at the time. And they had to pivot a lot with this movie. Um, you were, Chris, you were talking about all the, all the people that were in the movie. You gave the whole cast list and then you were like, and the shark. Uh, apparently the shark's name is Bruce. Uh, that they, that was the, the name they gave the shark. But uh, I think Bruce <laughs> didn't work as much as they wanted him to work. And they had to, they had to make some things up sometimes. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of that stuff that's drawn out where you didn't necessarily, you, you weren't, um, 
it wasn't in-your-face shark attacks. It was uh, sometimes a, a slow burn kind of thing where it's like the barrel pops up here, you know, or like here's here's this suggestion of a thing that we know is the shark um, that like that's been used over and over again in, in horror movies. And then in a lot of ways, I also like, I don't feel like this was a horror movie. Like, I feel like it is and it isn't, you know, like it's, I feel like it coined a a lot of, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) What? I'm going to murder you. That was like one of the few notes I took. It was like, (laughs) I was like this movie. Absolutely. What Steven Spielberg did is he took all the elements you need for like three or four different genres. It was like, I'm going to film them all at the same time. Because parts of it are 100% a horror movie. That whole opening scene, you've got a bunch of... It literally opens on a bunch of teenagers, like, smoking pot, drinking, and two of them are going to go have sex. And then you hear some, uh, you know, some horror music, and then one of them's murdered, right? Like, that's like... It might as well be Jason or Michael Myers or whatever, right? Can I I say something about that real quick? Go ahead. I don't think I would have chased Christy onto the beach. Like, when she was like, (laughs) come get me! Like, I think I would have been like... Nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to stay by the fire. <laughs> I have, uh, before, again, I just have to ask one of my first questions. What was in that flaming trash can? Like, the she's just over there like, alright, hey, how you doing? And, like, they're looking at each other through the smoke of this little burning trash can that's away from the fire where everybody else is. What was in that burning can? Well, they were burning the bodies of all the <laughs> children that they just sacrificed in their satanic cult. Because, again... Classic horror movie. Kids doing bad things, then they get murdered. Well, they were they were supposed to be. That was before the beach season started there. So they were. I think those kids were all supposed to be sort of the like wealthy kids whose parents have summer homes on the island. You know, like maybe they were just keeping warm with fistfuls of money, just <laughs> burning twenties. I don't know. Oh, so all right. After the horror movie open, and it circles back to horror movie filming and horror movie music and horror movie elements, uh, jump scares and things like that. But then he he spends like the first hour, other than that opening scene, really doing like an adventure movie where you've got everything from like, you know, the the thing they've got to overcome. You've got this team assembling who all has their own self-conflicts, and then they also develop interpersonal conflicts with each other and that you can obviously is working towards a resolution, right? And then it's also, it's a buddy film. It's uh, it's an action film, certainly. I mean, they they blow up the shark at the end. Sorry, that's a spoiler. Uh, But (laughs) the, I I really feel like he took like an action, adventure, uh, horror, and I'm probably missing one or two others. And he really was just like, "Well, I'm gonna. What elements work for these? I'm gonna do them all, and we're just gonna shove everything in, and it's gonna be great." Well, one of the notes that I made was, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100, Sean. Uh, uh, that it's <sighs> all right. <laughs> I want to I want to say this before I. <laughs> Before I um, say this, I want to tell a story if I can. Have I ever told you guys the story about how my college acting professor was in a trauma film? No. Uh, okay. Uh, so, um, so this was, uh, you know, I don't know, probably about the time I got that DVD. It was probably like 25 years ago. Um, I, uh, 
I, it was, you know, when we, when we were using the, the internet in the early days to like, like all the stuff that we do now was like new at the time, you know, it was like, Oh, we can watch videos on here or like, you know, whatever. They're just killing time with things. And I, it, I discovered internet and movie database. So that was like a rabbit hole of like, this person was in this and this person was in that and doing all the weird, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon that you did when you discovered, um, internet movie database. And then I started looking up professors of mine, right? Because like in college I was working on like student films and stuff. And some of those things ended up there. And I was like, I wonder if anybody who is like my teacher has worked on like weird independent films. And so the, the guy that taught Shakespeare, this name, you know, title popped up on his internet movie database and it was a movie called blades. Um, and then immediately I'm like, where have I heard that name? And, uh, so this is weird. Sean, did your sister hang out with that kid? Um, I think his name was Micah that my, my brother used to hang out with. Yeah. 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 And they used to like, they used to, you know, play like organized shows and stuff at, uh, Whatever that Del place Rito's, was down the street. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So all the kids like knew this guy. Micah had this uncle that they called Uncle Joe. Like he was like, you know, every they would they would get rides from him and stuff like that. Like he he was sort of a you know, a fixture in Micah's life, so like all the kids knew about him and they all had stories about Uncle Joe. Um and my brother was like yeah, Micah's Uncle Joe was in this movie called Blades about a lawnmower that attacks people. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, all right, now I got to figure out like where I can watch this movie and like what it is. So it was a, it was an independent movie. It then got picked up by Troma because it like sort of filled that, that niche. Um, but it's a cross between Jaws and Caddyshack. It's about <laughs> a lawnmower that attacks people. So. It's, you know, like like most horror movies, it's modeled after Jaws because Jaws seemed to write the book on things, right? And, like, the golf pro is kind of the Roy Scheider character. Um, the There's a there's a woman um, that I, I, don't, I, I, I forget. She's, like, the assistant golf pro or something, but she was kind of the, the Dreyfus character. Um, the old groundskeeper is the, is the Robert Shaw character, is Quint. Um, and then my, my professor was kind of like the, like the Bill Murray character from, from Caddyshack. Like he was like the assistant groundskeeper. Um, so there's a lot of weird elements in this movie with this like lawnmower that attacks people. But we were rehearsing a show and I was like, Hey, I was looking you up on IMDb. Were you in this movie called Blades? And he like turns beat red. (laughs) He's like, I didn't think anybody would ever find this movie. Um, but I don't know. That's my story to sort of say like this movie was a hundred percent a movie about a shark, but then also completely not about a shark at all. And I I was really struck by the fact that um, everything up until they get on the boat feels so different than everything after they get on the boat, you know? And it's like, it's almost like the beginning of the movie is really like a, star vehicle for Roy Scheider where he's, you know, like it's all about his struggle with, with this Island coming from being a police officer in New York city. 
and it feels like it's not really a movie about a shark. It's a movie about island politics and public safety, you know? And then after they get on the boat, like that it's this movie about the friendship between these two unlikely or three unlikely characters and then how they they like like they almost have to um it's almost like all of their input is then important to catch the shark right because like um like quint's like oh like you know i'm gonna call the shots you're gonna listen to me i know how to do this and then when his thing fails like he looks at dreyfus and he's like what do we do you know and then he's like i'm gonna take out the shark you know, I'm going to take out the shark cage, you know, and that's going to work. And then they're all like, all right, let's get behind that plan. And then finally, it's Roy Scheider that has observed all of the other things that have happened and used his, like, sort of grit and ingenuity to shoot the O2 tank, you know. But, like, I feel like it's a it's about then their friendship and about them using all of their combined experience to overcome this obstacle. Like... It's almost completely about a shark and then not at all about a shark. Right. The shark can the shark can be anything. The shark can be a lawnmower. The shark can be, you know, <laughs> COVID nineteen. <laughs> like you could make jaws with anything. Cause they're on a quest. Yeah. It's a quest. The the shark just happens to be the the holy grail or one eye willie's treasure or whatever it is that these friends are questing for yeah it's you're you're right about it having that whole like quest thing it's like he's you know jaws is the final boss and this was this was an interesting experience for me because um and i was really hoping to get some clarity on it uh i had never seen jaws before now but i played the garbage out of the jaws nes game oh yeah um I loved that game. Uh, and I still do. I think it's a really good game. It's It gets a bad reputation because it's made by a company that's made some of the worst games on the platform, like Back to the Future. Um, I totally I forgot thought... about that game. You could get the <laughs> you could get the little submarine, and then you'd, yeah. you'd go to different places with the submarine. Yeah, that was cool. So I was, I was expecting or kind of hoping to learn a little context around what you do in that game. Oh, you thought there'd be a little submarine? I didn't. I was wondering, is there going to be a submarine? Is there going to be like a large ship with sails that gets like a, a, a shark detector thing? Like, is there some aspect of it that involves bombing jellyfish or collecting large quantity of shells? And, uh, no, none of it. Not even like not even the way you beat Jaws in the game seems to have anything to do with the movie. In the game you have to beat Jaws by like shooting a torpedo at him which makes him launch out of the water and then you got to stab him with the tip of your boat. Well, but maybe Sean can shed some light on this cuz he watched other other sequels of it. Was there a sequel to Jaws where you have to stab him with the tip of your boat to win? Oh god. I think they did stab him with the tip of the boat in Jaws 2, but that's not how they killed him. Uh, so no. Huh. Like, they jacked him up a bunch of, like, he was all bloody and, and ugly looking by the end of Jaws 2. He had some scars on him. Uh, but I don't think that's how they killed him. Fascinating. No, you know what's fascinating? I watched Jaws 2, and literally with a gun to my head right now, I'd have a hard time telling you how they killed him. <laughs> like, 
I remember all the kids were stuck on this like makeshift <laughs> boat they had, and for some reason all the kids were out in the water again because why wouldn't they be? And Roy Schneider ditches his wife and the other cop unexpectedly on a broken boat in the middle of the ocean where the shark still is. Didn't see that move coming. Real <laughs> dicey. Real dicey. And then he continues on to go find the other kids. But, like, he could have just taken them with him on the good boat, but he left them on the shitty little crappy boat. He's like, I'm going to go save the kids and fight the shark. But he, the, this little boat just got attacked by the shark. How do you know the shark's not coming back? But all right. And then he goes, and the shark eats a helicopter. And then... <laughs> <laughs> After the shark eats the helicopter, Roy Schneider shows up and he shoots it a couple times. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what happens. <laughs> I, I gotta tell helicopter. you, I hesitated to even bring up the sequels because, um, you know, because I feel like there's so much more to say about Jaws, and and then we would get into a rabbit hole with the sequels, but like. I think my experience with Jaws was, you know, like finding it so good and so satisfying and, and like, you know, realizing all the sort of merits that this movie has as far as writing the book on certain things um, and really enjoying that again with the experience of watching it. And then when I was like, oh, I'm going to watch some of the sequels. I, you know, they they all costed money. They were all on some platform. I didn't the, like. There was nothing that was on Netflix. I, I figured I'd find one somewhere, and I I didn't. And then as I started watching clips on YouTube, I was like, this all feels very different. Like I know none of them were directed by Spielberg, but like they also, you know, they don't feel like that that really cool. Uh, you know batch of ingredients that made this movie like they feel it, it looks like really campy horror you know it looks like just shark popping up and eating people like as, as like as if the shark was jason or freddy or something you know yeah no you, you nail i mean the the second one doesn't it's not to say that it's not in the same league as the first one's not even but that doesn't even it's not the same sport they're you know it's totally different um, I, I, I don't know. I can enjoy it, but no, the first one is, in my opinion, possibly the best movie ever made. It's not my favorite movie, but it's, it's, it's got to be up in the top handful of movies ever made. In my opinion, it's just, it's a perfectly made movie. Um, but the sequels, no, they're, they're kind of trashy horror, uh, summer blockbustery type movies, which I, I, you know, I enjoy those types of movies too. For as, as much as Roy Scheider's the star of the movie, like it, I, I, again, I really think that once they get on the boat, it's a, a story about all three of them. Um, and Quint is so friggin' cool that I don't. I just don't know how any movie could live up to this if it doesn't have him in it. And you know, and he died. So, <laughs> like, you know, why, like, why bother? Jaws <laughs> really five, Quint's yeah. revenge. Don't call it Jaws. Just call it, you know, Sharknado sideburns. <laughs> that dude had some sideburns. He once oh, killed a man with those sideburns. Which, by the way, I've been, I've been, I know I've been joking about the fact that I've been watching Sharknado, that I watched two of them. But do you think Steven Spielberg has watched the Sharknado movies? And if he has, do you think he cries? Like, do you think he <laughs> is like, 
you know, it took me weeks on a boat and everyone was miserable and cold. And, you know, you fuckers click a button and there's sharks flying through the air. (laughs) (laughs) He probably doesn't feel that way. I mean, you know, none of these movies would exist if it wasn't for him. I only watched the first Sharknado, but I love that movie. I really yeah, that movie's an experience. Yeah, I have. I, I, Karen and I have watched at least the first two. Uh, I can't remember if we watched more than the first two, but yeah, Sharknado is a really special experience. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, so, and there's plenty of times where they outright just plagiarize Jaws. <laughs> why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Uh, so two shots, there was two shots that I noticed this time that I didn't notice in the past that, uh, jumped out at me when I was watching Jaws. So one shot was a brilliant, uh, brilliant shot. It's when they're like, it's right before Jaws goes after the kids that are in the old people water. Like Schneider's like, go, go put the boat in the, I think he calls it the pond or the bay or whatever. And like, that was supposed to be safer for some reason. I don't know why. Uh. It just looked like part of the ocean to me, but what do I know? Uh, and then, of course, Jaws goes into the, the old people where I guess is smaller waves or whatever. I don't know. But uh, as they're, they're patrolling the Yeah, I'm the not water, sure why that... There's this one, it, like... I'm not sure why that... Yeah, I'm... He said it's for old people. My guess is there's smaller waves because it's it's got a little bit of a breaker or something, like, kind of blocking it off from the ocean, but... I, if right. you're worried about a shark, I don't know why a shark couldn't go in there. And clearly, the shark can go in there because that is, in fact, what happens. Um, but the uh, oh, so when you see like the police boats are like patrolling around or whatever, not in there, they're out in the ocean. And there's this one close-up shot, and they're just going through, and they're like, "Do you see anything over there?" No, I don't see anything over here. And they're jumping back and forth. There's this one close-up shot of a, a guy driving a boat. And I think maybe you see like, I don't know, let's say nipples up on this like shirtless dude driving his boat or whatever. And it's pretty close. He's taking up a big chunk of the screen. In the distance, past his arms, in front of his face, but like he's looking straight ahead and you're looking like sideways at him. Way in the distance, you can see the shark fin. And it's real quick. It's only like a three or four second shot. And I don't think I ever noticed it before. But it's one of those things that's like so subtle, it's upsetting. And I was like, that was brilliant. Because now that I caught it this time, that was horrifying. Like, you know, it was before the attack occurs, before everything gets excited. It's like, oh, yeah, guess what? Here's the shark, motherfucker. It's like, I don't know. It felt it felt perfectly dropped in. And I, I missed it before. The other weird shot was the first night they're all out on the boat. Did you guys notice there was shooting stars? Oh, yeah. I did notice that. Why? That was, what was weird. What was the significance of that? That had to be intentional, right? Is he trying uh, to, like, make a Spielberg universe? Is this going to connect over to some of his other movies? So, that was totally E.T. Is that well, E.T. coming in? From from what I've heard about that, um, you know, Steven Spielberg has done that shooting star thing in other movies, right? Like, he is... Um, you know he is he has put in a a shooting star in the background of different things and i think it's um you know i i think it's become sort of like almost a a symbol in a lot of ways of different like magical moments in a movie but like that was legitimately a real shooting star that happened to go through the background in that shot like they were just filming a shot and 
you know, they all were kind of like, whoa, that this, you know, that this shooting star went through in the background. And he was like, I'll never, I'll never get that lucky again. Like, that was the coolest shot that happened naturally and just, you know, out of the blue. That was actually one of my notes. I just wrote, what's with the shooting stars? Look at that. That's cool. Yeah, that's when I heard about it. I mean, right. don't qu- don't solid. quote me on that, but that seems to be one of the piece of movie trivia that I remember. So, um, the first one, the f- uh, uh, the first girl that sh- Jaws killed, he like kind of nibbled at her a couple times, right? That was weird. I feel like the shark would have just been like, nom nom nom. Are we are we and talking about like, Chrissy that he slammed against the buoys and stuff? Yeah, like what was he doing? So playing with his food. Is that what sharks do? I don't know enough about sharks. I mean, they were trying to increase the horror, but actually sharks, if I understand this correctly, sharks don't want to eat people. Uh, And actually what happens is sharks come up and they think we're other things. They think we're like a walrus or a seal or something. I guess a seal, right? That sounds about right. And then uh, they come up and they take a bite. And the reason there's not more shark fatalities and you get more shark bites than fatalities is they bite in. They realize they got the wrong thing. And they're like, that's not right. And they leave because we're not full <laughs> of fat on the level that, that you see mammals that they're trying to eat are. We're mostly bone. Um, so they take <laughs> a bite. Depends on where you're hanging out. Well, yeah. They- I can tell you that I am not mostly bone. <laughs> So they take a big bite and they're like, this, this isn't right. And then a lot of times they just give up and leave. <laughs> yeah, but sharks are like eating machines, right? Like even if they got the wrong thing, wouldn't they just be like, well, I've committed to this now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess sometimes. And that's, that's where you get those fatalities that you do hear about sometimes. <laughs> sharks mom is sending them back to finish their meal. <laughs> this is what you have. You're going to eat it. You're going to like it. Mom, it's not what I like. It's a surfboard. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's my understanding of it. But obviously, that scene was just shot in a way like, if I mean, really, if the jaws just chomped somebody in half, I mean, they'd probably be dead instantly, or or so close to it, we wouldn't get a lot of screaming, and they probably wouldn't let the person back up. There was a couple scenes where he's dragging him around right at the surface, and mm-hmm. like. You know, you see the person getting dragged through the water. It happened a lot in number two. There was constant, you know, you just see like the top half of the person sticking out of the water and like going as if they were on like an underwater ski boat, you know. Um, but yeah, can, they, I, why doesn't he drag him down? I don't know. Can I ask another question about Jaws 2? If you remember any of it, Sean, which Let, you might not. Let's give um, it a go. Well, so it. Obviously, it still stars Roy Scheider. Obviously, it takes place on the same island, right? Amity Island, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yep, yep. So, did he have the same experience in this movie where, like, he seems to be the only voice of reason and everyone else is like, nah, we like we got to keep the beaches open to make our summer money? Or yeah. by, by that point, were they all like, oh, no, people will die? No, no. They did the same exact stupid things, and it's the same stupid mayor. And this time, when Roy Schneider tries to be the voice of reason, they fire him so he's not the sheriff anymore because they don't want him to close the beaches and take care of business. They're like, no, no, no. You're out of here. He did fire his gun on the beach at one point at nothing. Well, not nothing, but it was like a school of fish. Like He, he yelled and screamed, and everybody got out of the water, and he took out his gun, and he started shooting into the water. 
uh, and it was like a, a school of, I don't know, stingrays or something. Like it looked like the shadow of a shark, you know, more or less. It didn't hurt anybody, but they were like, "You're fired. You're out of control." There's yeah. no shark. And he's like, "There's four dead people that are all chewed up. Like it's clearly a shark. They're like it's not a shark. That happens. It's a motorboat. It's, like, it's never a motorboat." It- yeah, me... that was really special. That whole situation where they're like, people are dead, and the whole town's just like, no, open the beaches. We need our money. Like, I, they did I know get... capitalism is king. It made me so now. mad when the the woman, the like the mother of the little boy, um, comes up and slaps Roy Scheider and is like, you know, th- you, whatever she said. There were three deaths, and you knew about it. You know, I was like. This dude was the only motherfucker who was trying to close the beaches. Like, in her defense, she didn't know that. She wasn't privy to this interpolitical like back and forth that was going on behind closed doors where he wanted to close the beaches and the mayor wouldn't let him, right? So well, I kind of I kind of I'm going to give her a pass. Plus her kid me, just died. It, it made <laughs> me feel really bad for him. <laughs> sure, sure. Right. Uh But but also I can say that I think, in all honesty, if there was really a situation like that, that is 100% the way that it would play out. Like, everyone, you know, someone would go, but it'll kill us. And everyone else would go, but will it kill us that bad? Like, we, we need we need this summer revenue. This is... 100%. When Chris said, like, come on, I was like... Did you not just live through the same pandemic the rest of us did? Because I remember this exact conversation. That's like, a good point. You you could argue who won the conversation because things did shut down for a while. So that side must have won at least a little bit. But then like the pressure was on to open it back up despite whatever science was saying. They were like, science schmines. Let's get this economy rolling. I'm like, and I, 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 not to take either side, I, maybe we struck the balance perfect. Seems unlikely, but maybe. Who knows? <laughs> But like had... that's a hundred percent how this would go in real life. I yeah, had the you're right. I had the same no less thought. infuriating though. I had the same thought when um when they uh you know when they catch the people catch that one shark you know like they all go out in the water like a bunch of yahoos they they catch that shark and then <laughs> Dreyfus is like ah, that's not the shark like it doesn't doesn't match the bite marks that ain't your shark you know and. Like, the mayor's almost like, well, if we believe it's the shark, then it's the shark, you know? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I'm not going to cut that shark open and have that little boy slide out on the dock. Like, you know, if we, uh, it, this is a shark, this seems good enough. Like, it felt to me like it was the same thing. Like, well, you know, if we won't, te- if we don't test for COVID, then there won't be COVID, right? Like, if we just Wasn't do that, less testing. I think then. that was Trump's plan at one point, right? Like, if we test less, then the numbers won't go up. That was <laughs> right. a, like yeah. legit that was, his that plan. That was an actual plan. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Which is, is, despite the stupidity of it, is true. If you don't test, the numbers won't go up. If you don't test, the numbers don't go up. If you say it's the shark, it's the shark. If, if you don't cut it open, it's basically Schrodinger's cat. It both is and is not a dead boy inside there. The uh, He made a great point. He made a great point when he said, we're not cutting this shark open and having that little boy's body spill out on the dock. That's a good mayor point. And for some reason, everyone was just like, he's right. Let's go home. It's like, but the obvious solution there is to do exactly what they ended up illegally doing or whatever. It's like, well, clearly, yeah, let's not do it on the dock. Good call, Mayor. You're right. Yeah. Let's go let's take it in a warehouse. Somewhere else. Right. Anywhere else. You are 100% right. Here is not the place. But then that was somehow 
the end of the conversation. Well, we can't do it here, so I guess it's over. What? What happened? <laughs> I did really like that scene too when he when he pulled the license plate out of the shark and he was able to say, you know, that yeah, this this shark came from this shark came from over here. It's not it's not your shark. I thought that was a cool scene. Uh, speaking of our shark, um, that was a as a, as a longtime Clark's fan. It was nice for me to see that. Uh-oh. You know, man goes into cage, cage goes into salsa, <laughs> sharks in the salsa. <laughs> it was nice to see a lot of the uh, you know the things that I've seen referenced over and over again for like my entire life has been it was really cool to see them. Uh, you know where they come from, like the bad hat Harry. God, what show is... We used to watch a show. There was a production company called Bad Hat Harry that always, like, ended with... That's some Bad Hat Harry. <laughs> it was such a weird line. Yeah, I remember that. It was such that. a weird thing to happen, too. <laughs> I wish I remember what show that was. Ah, uh, I gotta look that up, because it's that... We looked it up right after the Bad Hat Harry... House. That's what it was. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. That's the end of episodes of House. So, like, that was fun. Uh, let's see. Um... I did notice that in this, I thought was just really funny. Like, and that when they killed the, the shark, killed the girl in the beginning, but then the next one was the little boy, and there was like way more blood from the little boy than there was from the girl, like by a lot. Um, uh, right when they were all going out there to 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 get the shark, Karen said, "Man, men really do be out here menning." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like wow that is just a bunch of dudes that are like yeah i'm gonna go out here and get a shark and get a bunch of money and be all manly it's uh that was really something and uh kind of hit the hammer on the nail there you see, uh, i wrote down this sideburns guy is really special <laughs> you're uh, making fun of the men and all i could think like it made me think of like Jed. <laughs> like, <laughs> if this happened and Jed was around, we'd all be on a boat against our will, trying to kill a shark with some sort of homemade I remember explosive. Being, I remember being in the woods against my will at some point, hunting lynxes like with a, with a wooden spoon. <laughs> oh, we're gonna go out in the woods and we're gonna catch a lynx. I can only assume that the time Jed caught the shark, he watched Jaws the night before and was like, "That's it." <laughs> I'm going and I'm getting a shark. And then he went and got himself a shark and then brought it to me at the bookstore still alive and threw it on the counter when I'm trying to work and walk away. <laughs> oh, I never <laughs> heard that story. Oh, oh, yeah, this is a wonderful story. Sean, you got to tell the Jed shark story. Jed decided he was going to kill a shark. That, that was his plan. And then, like, this was like, I think it took him a couple days or whatever, maybe a week. I don't remember how long it was. I'm working at the bookstore one night. It's like 9 o'clock. I'm there alone, sitting at the front counter. Jed walks in and throws on the counter... A bleeding, still alive, I'm going to say, it wasn't a giant shark, it was like three foot, right? Three foot long shark, it was big, uh, but it was still alive. And it was just flopping around, and he said something jettish, uh, you know, like, you know, how do you like me now, bitch, and walked out. And like, I have customers in the store, and this thing's and, just bleeding all over merchandise. And he left the shark there? Yeah, and left. <laughs> So then I'm like, I pick up the shark because I can't have it continue to bleed everywhere. Everyone's staring at me like I'm supposed to be running this store. And like, I don't have time to go properly kill it. So like I took it in the bathroom and put it in the sink and turned the water on. I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this thing. I'll deal with it after I close. I got like a half hour to close. I'll deal with it then. And then just lock the bathroom door. It's like, I don't know. what are you going to do? 
Oh man, he, he came for, back at closing to 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 retrieve his prize after he went and got himself dinner or something at Applebee's. I don't know what he did. <laughs> that feels like a different horror movie. Bookst- <laughs> bookstore shark. <laughs> Can't use the bathroom right now. There's a shark in there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy, I think that was about all I all I wrote down. Oh, that was a big question. What exactly did the barrels do? Like, I think I figured it out by the end, but I was really confused by the barrels so at first. The por- Jacqueline asked me the same thing. The purpose of the barrels, I'm fairly certain, is that you put the big, long, spiky uh, harpoon thing into the shark so that it can't come out, and it's tied to the barrel, and that the, sh- the shark can't go deep anymore without really exhausting himself. Right. The, the point of the barrels is to tire the shark out. Tire him out. So that then he's saying he can't go down, not with three barrels or two yeah. barrels. I don't remember how many barrels. But tire, also... Tire him out and keep him near the surface. Tire him out, keep him near the surface. And also, once he is too tired to fight him, then you can see him. So if he's, you know, even if he's pretty far away, the two or three big yellow barrels, you know, out in the distance, you should probably be able to see him on the ocean. There's nothing else to look at, right? So then you know, all right, he's over there. So easier to find him, tire him out. Huh. All right. I, yeah, I'm glad that all worked out together. But I was real confused at first. I had another. <laughs> you were you were talking about all the all the men out menning. Um, I, I like I had another sort of thought about that, and then uh, sort of tied into Quint. You know, because like it it was it was interesting how the town managed to take this tragedy and then turn it around into a money opportunity, right? Like the again the whole. The whole beginning of the movie is so staggering, but like not unbelievable, like would totally play out this way, you know, that that then they managed to drum up more tourism to the island of all these idiots coming to try to catch a shark and win their prize. Um, And I thought that it was so interesting that Quint is conceivably a resident of this town. Like he's not set up well. I mean, he's not set up bad, but he's not there's not a big to do about introducing him like i think his introduction speaks for himself he's in that meeting and he puts his hand on the chalkboard and everybody looks at him and he's like i'll catch your shark <laughs> you know <laughs> and and you're like all right that's that's all we need to establish this character you know like this guy's a badass but like i guess you know like everybody in the town knew who he was they they were like okay mr quint like they all knew him as quint obviously he lives there but like he didn't seem concerned about the the island revenue, and he didn't seem concerned that he was asking them for $10,000. Like, he was like, this is what I'm worth, and I can do it, and I'm gonna, you know, I'll bring you the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Like, I, I, thought, I thought that was really interesting about that character. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it... Sh- I think exactly what you're pointing out kind of showed how he was both part of the town and separate from it. Like he was a salty old sea dog. This was his home base. This is where he parked the boat. This is where he, you know, did whatever commerce he was forced to do. But like he wasn't really part of the town, even though he lived there, you know, he was his own entity. Do you guys know any of the Jaws lore about Richard Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw. No, I, I mean, Jaws lore. Well, <laughs> again, this was another thing that I guess sort of like 
fascinated me about watching this again um, was because I, I, I really liked everything that happened once they got on the boat, you know, like, like once, once all three of them were on a boat, it felt like a whole different movie. Um, you know, not that the beginning of the movie was bad. That was enjoyable in a different way, but the, you know, the, the adventure part felt like such a different movie. And I, I, I loved watching them all be at odds with each other and then all, you know, all sort of come together, uh, and, and be on the same team. And, um, and specifically with, um, Quint and, and, and Hooper, because they sort of set up from the beginning that those two were not going to be fast friends, you know, that he, he, uh, despised him because, you know, he's a, he's a, city boy a college boy but you know the quint had his own sort of working class hero bullshit as as dreyfus says and that you know they were it was going to take a while for them to 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 actually earn each other's respect um but the the legend seems to be and other people on the set of jaws have verified this but like Robert Shaw is is dead. Like he died a couple years after Jaws, so like he can't tell his side of the story. But like the story seems to be that like Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus did not get along, and that Robert Shaw liked fucking with Dreyfus and and sort of <laughs> like teasing him and bullying him. You know that like he would say he would say like snarky douchey things to him before the take started. So. You know, so like some of that animosity between them was real because the two actors didn't get along. Um, there's also some story where like Dreyfus like knocked a, a bottle of scotch or something out of his hand, like knocked it overboard, and then, um, and then uh, when when they were, you know that you know when they uh, have the barrels on the shark and. Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfus are trying to tie it off on the back of the boat and the, the they're getting splashed with water and the the ropes are breaking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently that's a hose that's pointed at them and like Robert Shaw just like turned the hose full blast on Richard Dreyfus. Um, so <laughs> the story seemed to be that they didn't get along, but you hear Dreyfus talk about it and he's like, I respected the man. He was great. And then everybody else is like, oh no, they hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> I did like their relationship, how they eventually started to get along. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, because you know, they just found ways to learn how to respect one another, uh, even though they were, you know, from pretty different backgrounds. They both had their own individual strengths, like you know, Richard Dreyfus was really smart and all this stuff, and and that other guy had those really serious sideburns, and <laughs> like you really, you really can't can't get much more fisherman than that. Like I think the sharks just respected that. You and, have a lot to say about his sideburns, and not the. They like, were so there, man. Like I, every time he was on the screen, I'm like, this guy just sideburns, and not he the sideburns, not We've the talk- amazing speech that he had about the SS Indianapolis. I don't remember anything about that speech. I remember nothing but this guy getting eaten and having serious ass sideburns. Uh, we we've talked about this movie for over an hour, and we didn't even point out the fact that uh, 
they 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 coined the line i'm not drunk enough to go out on a boat and i love that line i'm not drunk <laughs> enough to go out on a boat all i can think is that's a line i can use that's a quotable line that seems like a that's that's gonna happen this summer at some point i'm not drunk enough to go out on a boat Does, who says you that know, does quinn say that uh I think Schneider says it. Uh, Schneider says it. I think to the other cop. It's towards the beginning of the movie. I think he says it to the. Uh, remember, there's that one like under cop that like loves the boat, and he's like, he tells him to go do something. He's like, "Well, hop on," and he goes, "I'm not drunk enough to go out on a boat." <laughs> I was always under the impression that they did, in fact, get a bigger boat. No. <laughs> <laughs> and like they should have. <laughs> Same that was a, that 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 was a. This was a hell of a movie, man. I really, <laughs> I really did like this movie quite a bit. I'm glad I've seen it now. Um, I'm not sure about tracking down the sequels as far as like, you know, I only have so many hours in the day. I don't know how much of those I want to dedicate to to watching numerous less good Jaws movies. But I totally understand why this is considered the classic that it is. Because it's it's really good. It was it was very, very entertaining. Yeah, uh, I think I think now that I've seen some of the clips for the sequels, I will I will say unequivocally that I will probably not watch any of the sequels. Like they they kind of look like a waste of time. Like they don't even look like they're entertaining in a Sharknado kind of way. Um although what what is really but um but what? yeah. While I, I agree with movie. both of your, while I agree with both of your assessments, I'm probably going to go ahead and watch three and four. <laughs> <laughs> Is there riff tracks for those? That might be fun. There could be. I haven't seen riff tracks in a good long while, but that was how I watched um, uh, Twilight. Oh yeah, same here. I wasn't ready for how bad that movie actually was. Like I was. I was really shocked when we watched the riff tracks of Twilight of like, wow, this is like, I mean, I thought it was going to be kind of crappy, but this was like, this was really bad. It's just, just an awful movie. I still sometimes quote the riff tracks of Twilight because there's so much silence between the characters in Twilight. You know, there's so much of like somebody <laughs> saying something and then these like, you know, these weird eerie pauses between the characters where they just stare at each other. And at one point the wolf man, the werewolf guy, you know, he, he and the, the girl were having a conversation and then they had one of those weird silent moments. And then, you know, he's got his shirt off cause that wolf man guy always has a shirt off and he turns around and one of the rivers just goes, enjoy my back. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to use that quote a lot now. <laughs> enjoy my back. Oh, my goodness. I watched the Sharknado movies with Rift Tracks. It was helpful. <laughs> oh, nice. I can't say I ever have. I We, we genuinely enjoyed the first Sharknado. It's just like... The, the masterpiece of awfulness that it that it was. It's wonderful. It really is. Well, I mean, I'm 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 just about tapped on yeah. uh, on things to say about Jaws. Yeah, I, I think. I, oh, great. sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's great. I mean, there's little more to you can encamp, encapsulate this movie pretty quickly just by saying it is great. I don't know who these people are. Didn't like it. They're crazy. It's a great movie. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think we've hit most of the points about the 
you know, about it, writing the book on things, and just that it's enjoyable, you know, in more ways than a horror movie, that it's it's got a lot going on. I, um, yeah, I mean, I think the only point that I want to, like, hit home more is just, like, uh, how how much I like all three of their performances, and specifically when the three of them get together, you know? Like, whether or not the friendship stuff felt more genuine and earned because the animosity between them was apparently real. Um, I'm not sure, but when, you know, when you got to those scenes where they were all drinking together and telling stories and, and enjoying it, um, it really, I don't know. It really sort of felt great as a movie. And then the fact that it kind of, you know, them, them winning them, uh, you know, Winning the battle, killing the shark, outsmarting the the system there, um, you know, is sort of then the the topper on the cake at the end of the movie. It just feels really satisfying and complete. So yeah, I I enjoyed the heck out of this. I will also say we've been I, I didn't really watch it thinking that it was a horror movie. I don't like those kinds of movies because my least favorite thing is jump scares. I despise jump scares i hate being startled while watching anything um so i was really pleased that this movie was light on jump scares i was very 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 happy with that um because i just hate jump scares (laughs) i don't know what it is i can't get into them which is why i've never been a, a, a horror fan like i've never watch so many classic horror movies because I know a lot of them are full of jump scares and I just despise them. I mean, geez, that was why I walked out of uh, that movie Signs. I think I went to go see that with you, Paul. Right. And I, I left. It's like, I'm not doing this. I got no. I just <laughs> hate no. jump scares. Well, you know, I think... Um, I think that the movie... How do I put this? Not that it... <clears throat> Not that it actively didn't have jump scares, but I think that like some of the things that were were more like that moment that were were supposed to be sort of the horror angle to it. Um, again, that it like maybe kind of wrote the book on it, you know, like some of the stuff to, to us, I think now just feels like the completeness of the movie, but to audiences in 1975, when you know they're exploring that one boat and that like floating head floats out of it, you know, or, um, I don't know, some of the, some of those other things where it's like they, uh, you expect to see one thing and then, you know, you find a body part or, you know, you see blood in the water or something like that. I think at the time that was like, Oh my God, this, you know, this movie's really, really getting people on that horror movie level. But now, um, you know, we, we, because this was the thing that wrote the book on it, everything that has followed has defined the genre in different ways and pushed the limits of things. So, you know, it some of this stuff didn't feel like jump scares because it's tame to our standards now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's it's more of the things that are designed to, you know, everything goes quiet, and it's like, Bleh! like the that that's. You know, I don't mind things that are scary, like, you know, the camera pans on like, oh, here's the thing that I didn't expect to see. Like, all right, things are there's a little bit of intensity and now I'm going to see something and oh, no, it threw something that I wasn't expecting to see. Like, that's that's cool. 
I'm 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 totally good with that. It's like those moments like in signs where it's just like, all right, everything's dark. We're walking out into a cornfield. Something is going to jump out at you. That's the entire purpose of this scene is just to make you jump is the only thing that this is here for is to startle the audience. It's not helping the story in any way. It's not telling anything. It's just I want to mess with you, the audience. And that kind of stuff is always bugged me. I, just, I hate the feeling of being startled like that and uh, movies that just do that for the sake of doing it have never entertained me. Um, so like there were definitely like frightening moments in Jaws, uh, like a couple of scary moments, but all in all, it wasn't like none of it was cheap. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. That's a fair point. All of those moments furthered the story. And, and and did a good job of, you know, furthering the intensity of things. Like, it just, it, it just, just worked. All right. I'm done. Yeah. I'm all jawsed out. Samesies. Are we ready to, to move on to our, uh, our movie picks for the letter K? Yeah. Holy crap. Can, can I guess what your guys' picks are? Sure. Live the dream. All right. This is just based on me knowing the two of you and not really knowing how you feel about these movies but like this is just my educated guess just because Sean is Sean and the style of movie he picks I'm gonna guess that Sean's pick is Killer Clowns from Outer Space <laughs> no oh okay I, w- I didn't even think of that one I wish I had thought of that one that one's and so good here's my rationale for Chris I think that Chris is secretly mad that he hadn't seen Jaws and that he had to choose Jaws for Jay when he wanted to choose Joe's apartment. So instead, he's going to pick another movie with Jerry O'Connell and animated creatures and go with Kangaroo Jack. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't even think of Joe's apartment for the letter J. I wonder how that movie holds up because I loved that movie in high school, but I have a feeling that it's not that good. Yeah, probably not. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't. I did not think of Kangaroo Jack. That's okay. a good pick, though. Well, you can't blame a guy for trying. Those were valiant efforts. I, yeah, I appreciate that. I, yeah, that's a hundred percent something I could have picked had I thought of it. Awesome. All right, who wants to go first? I'll tell you the one I didn't pick. I thought about picking it because I, I wasn't sure if you guys had seen it, but I didn't do it to you. And I say that because uh, it would have been done to you. Uh, did you guys <laughs> ever see The Knowing? No. Is, is it a Nicolas Cage movie? It sure is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, I think I've seen it. There was a brief period of time where I was on a Nicolas Cage kick, like specifically the weird ones that all sort of feel the same, where I was like, how has he done all these movies? So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen The Knowing, and I feel like it was bad. So I went to see it in the theater. I really – I like I like Nicolas Cage most of the time. I mean, he makes some shitty movies, but I, I don't know. He's fun. He made The Rock. He made Trapped in Paradise. He made lots of things that I really enjoy. Uh, and this seemed like a movie I went and saw it in the theater that I was going to enjoy, uh, and I did for about an hour. Uh, I don't know how long the movie is. Let's say the movie's an hour and a half. Uh, I probably enjoyed it for about an hour and 10 minutes, and then it started to feel funny in my tummy, and then I was like, something's going on here, and then I was like, I think something's happening, and then, like, with five minutes to go, it came real obvious that, 
oh, this was a Scientology propaganda film, and I just sat through the whole damn thing. <laughs> and that's all there is. It's just it's it's just a Scientology propaganda film masked as a uh, X Files feel Nicolas Cage film. Is he a Scientologist? No, but I think he he got in sort of sort of trouble with uh, tax evasion. Uh, I know he he had like uh, the best copy of Action Number One, which is the first appearance of Superman. And he had to sell it to pay off taxes, and that's when he made like ten or twelve movies in like five or six years that were all just pretty terrible, you know, because he was he wouldn't say no to anything because he was like like I like I think jail was on the table, so it was like he was just whatever script got put in front of him, and the Scientologists were like, we want to make a propaganda film. And we'll pay you good money. He was like, all right, I don't want to go to jail. So that's not my pick because I decided not to do that to you. I uh, appreciate that. I've had enough. I was kidnapped by Scientologists for like a ha- uh, an afternoon when I lived in New York once. That was a, that was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Instead, I went with something that I really don't know how terrible or good it is. I remember it from when I was a kid. I haven't seen it in 30 years, so it may have aged well or very poorly. King Solomon's Mine. Did you guys ever see it? No. No. I'm going to say mid-80s. Oh, God, I should have looked up. Uh, The main guy is probably a name that maybe you would know. Um, But I think it was basically uh, Indiana Jones did real good, and they were like, well, what, what can we do that's like Indiana Jones? And they made King Solomon's Mine. I think there was a sequel, too, but I don't even know what the sequel's name was. Um, like same actor on another adventure. He was an Indiana Jones type. Uh, here it is, 1985, King Solomon's 1985. Mines. Um, Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain. There it is. Sharon Stone. John Reese Davies. He was in Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. So again, I maybe it's great or maybe it's just terrible. I really don't remember because I haven't seen it. But I was like, what's a good K movie that I haven't watched in a while that I'd rewatch? Like. Uh, this might be it. That's a fascinating pick. Yeah, I've never heard of this. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I think there was a sequel because he played the same character in another movie, but it was it was called something something else. Well, there is an older King Solomon's Mines. Um, oh, oh. Wow. All right, this is neat. All right, so it looks like the there was uh, King Solomon's Mines from 1950 was the first adaptation of the novel. Then there was King Solomon's Mines uh, reboot in 2004, starring Patrick Swayze. Oh, I just found the I just found the other one. The other one that I had, uh, Richard Chamberlain, Sharon Stone, and James Earl Jones did another movie the next year called Alan Quartermain, which was the main guy. Lost guys City of Gold. Lost City of Gold, yeah. There we go. Wow, so this is like a little mini franchise, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Check that out. I'm looking this up. It looks like this Alan Quartermain character is a protagonist in a series of novels from the 1800s, you know, like uh, yeah. adventure novels. So I guess that makes sense that, he, you know, it would be a Indiana Jones-style series of movies. Like, it seems like the, the right kind of character to choose for that. Yeah. Seems like Indiana Jones was probably at least partially inspired by this gentleman. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a fascinating pick, Sean. Well, thank you. I guess I'll go next. I have... Still, I'm I'm split on these two, but I think I'm going to go with uh, 
Yeah, I'll go with my I'll go with my gut on this one here. Uh, my my pick was going to be the 2010, 2010 Karate Kid movie because I've never seen it, is, and I love the original Karate Kid. But is, it, is that the one with the 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 girl? No, no. <laughs> I only was... saw the first three. I, I know the first three Karate Kids. I didn't. I, there was a couple more after then, that. Yeah, there was the next Karate Kid was the fourth one, and that was the last one in the original mythology that's uh, been in... continued in Cobra Kai. The the I'm talk- the original mythology that you're talking about is called the Miyagi verse. Just so you know, <laughs> there you go. Because uh, I I love the original Karate Kid. I think parts two and three are varying levels of awful, but still entertaining. Uh, and the next Karate Kid with uh, Hillary Swank is just freaking terrible. Um, but no, I'm talking about the 2010 one with Jackie Chan and uh, Jaden Smith. I've never seen it before, oh. and it, it didn't look very good. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and continue to have not seen it. Yeah, you're um, not missing anything. Instead, I am going to vote for a documentary that I uh, was really fond of when it first came out. I haven't seen it in a good long while. Uh, and it's Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about that one, too. Uh, but no, it's it's. Uh, I'm going to vote for King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Okay. This is a documentary about two guys uh, competing for the world record of in, on Donkey Kong. It's a fascinating movie. Okay. I've I've always wanted to see that. It's been on my Netflix list, and I just never watched it. Um, all right, cool. So I guess that leaves me, huh? It does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I too, <laughs> I too, uh, uh, had an original idea for a pick and then decided against it and decided something else. So the, the, the thing I ultimately decided, I'm not, not quite sure how it's going to go over, but, um, the thing that I didn't pick it, it, but, but, you know, had been planning to, like, I've, I've been, I've been sort of working a couple letters ahead for a while. Like sometimes I get bored and I'm like, what's my pick for M going to be? What's my pick for O going to be? You know? Um, So back, uh, you know, back in December when that, um, that Kingsman sequel came out, I was going to pick that for K. Like I, um, I love those movies. uh, And I was so excited. They were making another one. And I was a little, concerned since it didn't seem to have anybody from the the first two in it um but i was like i love these movies so much i'm gonna you know pick that and it'll probably be just coming out on dvd when you know we when we get to k um but then it you know it showed up on streaming and i couldn't wait i was like i i want to see this i have to watch it and like man i did not like it like it was just it um it didn't have the same feel as the other two uh it was it was weird. It was um, it was not enjoyable. Uh, so that's not going to be bummer. my pick. I liked the first Kingsman. I yeah. never saw the second one, but the second one's really good. Um, that you know, they're both the first two are both like kind of weird and out there, but like also really exciting, fun like spy movies. Um, mm-hmm. in the second one, uh, uh, Julianne Moore is the villain. Um, and you know, in the way that in the first one, Samuel L. Jackson is so sort of like flamboyant and out there. Like Julianne Moore is like so creepy and bizarre. She has this uh, like sort of like 
fiberglass uh, uh, little village that's been built in the middle of the rainforest that's got like a <laughs> diner and a, like it's like her own little town and she's like keeping a, she's keeping Elton John there as a prisoner um, he's got to perform for her like the second one is wacky it's so fun uh, you should check it out Chris um, but yeah the third one the third one just was it was I, I, it felt like they were trying to do things that were outlandish like the first two, but it just, it was not the same feel since it was a prequel. And also because literally none of those actors came back, you know, it was, it was a story about a completely different person. So, um, hmm. yeah, it was, I didn't like it. Um, so I, I really had my heart set on that. And then when I decided against it, I really had a hard time finding something for the letter K. Um, so I think what I settled on is a movie called The Killer, um, which is a, uh, a Hong Kong action movie. So we we've not we've not done anything that's uh, subtitled. So I don't I don't you guys got to be into that if we're if that's the pick. But it's a early John Woo movie. Um, that stars Chow Young Fat from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and uh, I think it kind of, I think it kind of um, is notable as far as like, uh, like really cool, like camera work and like editing for this like you know action movie, but then also like all the stuff that made John Woo John Woo, like where you know they're having a standoff with multiple guns and there's doves flying through the background and things like that. Like it's, um, it's like out there, John Woo action. So, um, so that's going to be my pick, the killer. All right. The killer. You just reminded me of a, you were talking about Kung, like subtitled movies. It, I, I saw something pop up on Twitter that I'm, I've been uh, actually looking for an excuse to sit down and watch the whole thing. Cause I haven't watched a Kung Fu movie in a long time, but uh, somebody posted about this extremely bizarre Kung Fu movie called drunken dragon uh, or exciting dragon. I think is what it's known as uh, in other parts of the world. And it's, it really defies description. <laughs> it's, it's really quite special. Uh, so yeah, look that up when you get a chance. All right. So, so we're choosing between just, just to, just chime in on Paul's uh, thing. I've seen Killer. I love Killer. It's number. I, I just checked my movie list right now. It's number nineteen on my all-time best action movies. Uh, it's a great movie. I haven't seen it in a while, so I wouldn't mind rewatching it. But uh, as far as an action movie goes, it is. Uh, it is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I haven't okay. seen it in forever. I'm I'm fairly certain I saw it in college. But um, yeah, it would it would almost be like a new experience because it's been forever since I saw it. So. Let's go ahead and vote. Say when. And I say when. Oh. 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 All right. All right. Well, I guess we're going with uh, Sean's pick, King Solomon's Mine. All right. This is gonna... <laughs> it's got a good cast, but I, I, I like have a vague recollection of like two scenes. Like this could be a terrible movie. This is. This is like when this came out in '85. I was like, you know, seven, eight year old Sean watching this movie. I mean, we got a kick out of Flash Gordon, so I remembered that better than I remember this. I, I, <laughs> I knew Flash Gordon was cheesy, but I also knew I enjoyed it. Uh, it had been a long time since I had seen it, but 
King Solomon's Mines, I, uh, it's been a long time. This could be highly offensive. That'll be the best. <laughs> like, this movie was openly racist just the whole time. Very much looking forward to it. It always warms my heart when we pick Sean movies. It's like, <laughs> this is going to be an experience. <laughs> yeah. That was that. Yeah. No question. All right. Well, that's uh, that about wraps it up for us. Uh, Theater Near You is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network. And if you'd like to get in touch with us to share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. You can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time in a theater near you. Arr. <laughs> None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider. Robert Shaw. Richard Dreyfus, Jaws. See it before you go swimming. <laughs>